1: Here on Truth For Today, we've spent time taking a look at the reasons to draw near to God. They are amazing privileges in the New Covenant. The dark side of that, next. Chapter 10 of Hebrews starts with a positive note, ends with a rather dark one. The positive side, God has done some amazing things. In light of that, draw near to Him. If you don't draw near, well, there are some dark aspects of disobedience. The alternative to God's best is the subject of our time today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. It's a sober look at what happens if disobedience rules our life. Here's Pastor Phil with all the details.
2: Well, we come to Hebrews 10, another one of the very difficult passages in the book. Let us look at this book and let's see this difficult, challenging passage. He gives five warnings in the book of Hebrews, five warnings, and uh, they are a challenge for us to understand and to take to heart. Look at Hebrews 10. Verse 26 is where we'll begin. Now, remember, for 10 chapters, this writer has been saying, Jesus is the highest revelation of God. He is the exact representation of God. He's in the image of God. The effusions of God comes out of his face. He radiates God. He's greater than angels. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than the Aaronic priesthood. He's greater than animal sacrifice. He's the best thing God's ever done. The best. He's the superlative of God. And he's been presenting this verse after verse, chapter after chapter. I'm telling you Jews who are hearing this message in the first century, some are vacillating Do I want this Christ or not? Some are counting the cost. If I take him, I won't be welcome at the synagogue. Maybe my Jewishness may be expunged from me. This is a common thing in Jewish circles. If I receive Christ, I deny my Jewishness. A lie. It's a lie. You don't give up. When you became a Christian, did you give up being black? Did you give up being an Anglo? You don't give up your Jewishness, but you finally embrace your Messiah. You just, this is the one the prophet spoke of. And so, this early audience, wrestling, wrestling. And so, he gives a warning after all this. He starts in chapter 2. If we neglect and drift away from what we've told you about Christ, we put ourselves in grave peril of maybe never being saved. Chapter 3, verse 7 to chapter 4. If you have a stubborn, unbelieving heart, and you won't believe our message about the Christ, you will never enter God's rest, and you will fall short of it, because unbelief will keep you from the rest God is offering in Jesus Christ. Chapter 6. If after being exposed to so much gospel teaching, miracles of the first century, uh, second-generation Christians telling you what the apostle said, if you decide you don't want it, you want to fall away, and you want to go have nothing to do with, he said, you'll seal your doom, for there's no other way. Now you come to chapter 10. It's much in the same vein. And it's going to say, what happens to those that don't want this Christ. They don't think God did good enough with him. What do we do with them? Verse 26 For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has spurned the Son of God, has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I want to build the message around this theme, the alternative to God's best. God has only two things on his menu the best and the worst. The best costs you nothing, the worst will cost you everything. And you make a choice. My best is my son. And if that's not good enough for you and that doesn't meet up to what you want, there's only one other choice on the menu the worst. To fall in the hands of God. For divine judgment. And an explanation. Of why Jesus wasn't good enough for you. There's three things we'll look at. First of all. A severe warning. And he's going to look at that. Verse 29. About three verses. Then he's going to show you. What a wound it is to the heart of God. For you to reject his best. How wounding. How offensive it is. And thirdly the woeful judgment for those that don't want this Christ. So he starts out by saying it's a great warning that if you don't want this Christ, he's told you if you know him, draw nigh, hold on to your hope, don't abandon meeting together with God's people. But then he says, but if you deliberately decide you don't want Christ and you want to turn away, And he said, if we go on sinning deliberately. Now, let me say this. We always sin deliberately. There's no accidental sin. Oh, I just slipped. No, you didn't. You know that old country song at the end of the day? Lord, if I've committed any sin, forgive. Sentimental, but bad theology. See, there's a difference between temptation and sin. Sin is always a choice. Temptation. I can't help if there's a temptation out there. And we're all tempted to lose our temp- temper, lost a lot of things. The temptation. But you make a choice for the temptation. To reject it. To not take the bait. But you've got to make a choice. So we always sin deliberately. But this is more than just I deliberately sin. It has the idea of a deliberate intention. Intentional, habitual turning away. It, it is often in commentaries called apostasy. It's not that I just, I fell down and I sinned. John said all of us sin. If We say we don't sin. We're a liar and the truth is not in us. So we all know we sin at times. This is a chosen course of action. It's a deliberate turning away. I'm going to be, I'm set in it It's not I just fell down or I made a mistake or I lost my temper. No, I am going to deliberately do a sin that I've chosen, i am set on. I'm going to turn from what's been presented by the preacher in Hebrews. I don't want the Christ. I don't want his sacrifice. I don't want the Bible. I don't want the church. I don't. I've heard the presentation. I don't want it. If we make that kind of choice, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, th- these are not pagan, uninformed. These people have heard the arguments. They've heard line upon line, why he's greater, his superiority, his deity, his word. Uh, they're well informed they are people who have grown up under catechism classes. they are people who have grown up in our churches. I'm amazed at how many young people I grew up with in church have been out of church 40 years. Drugs, sex, and rock and roll look a lot better. They turn. They went the other way. They don't want it. They've heard it. Already heard that. Tried that. Had enough. I don't want it. You got the message? I don't want it. No, you don't mean it. I do mean it. I deliberately don't want it. Then he goes on to say, with such a decision, are you aware that according to Deuteronomy 13 and Deuteronomy 17, if anyone chose to turn away from the God of Israel and in that Deuteronomy 17... He says, if you choose to bow to other gods, you're basically saying, I don't buy the law of Moses. I'm in the land of Canaan. they got a lot of uh, new religion over here, uh, a lot more loose morals. I'm throwing away the law. Matter of fact, they've got a variety of gods. I'm not stuck with Jehovah. I'm not stuck with the God of Abraham. they got all kinds of gods over here in Canaan. And they bow down to those gods, and they serve them. God told Moses, "You have two or three witnesses come forward and stone them to death. And I am the Supreme Court. Kill the idolater who says, "I am not going to by the law of Moses. I'm not going to abide by the theocratic rule of God over Israel. Hey. I'm going to go any way I want. I'm going to pick any religion. No, you won't. You won't stay alive. Now, eventually... God obviously, and the people gave up on that because they went straying after all the other gods that led them into captivity. But in the law, God said, Stone the idolater, stone the person that turns your heart from the God of Abraham. I can't have any rivals among my people. And so we know, you Jewish people I'm writing to, you know what the law says about that, don't you? Yeah. There's judgment for turning away from the living God. You understand that? Right. Argument goes, a fortiori, from the lesser to the greater. He goes now and he says, how much more will God deal with those who turn away his son? And he goes into how deeply it wounds the heart of God to turn on his best. And he says, this is what you're doing to me. Verse 29, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one, and he names three things, who has spurned the Son of God, has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, and has outraged the Spirit of grace. Three things you're doing by turning away from Christ and say you don't want him. First of all, you are trampling him underfoot. The word there for spurn, it's the word to trample underfoot. I mean, it it would be like you stepping on a bug. You know, you just want to get rid of it and then walk in on your carpet. But you say that is of no significance So you just smash it out. And he said, what you're doing to my son is you're counting him but rubbish that you just put under your feet. It's interesting in the Psalms, Christ will eventually put his enemies under his feet. So, you are making that choice? This is a scary passage. Because I don't know about you, but I had many years in church where I never did come to get saved. I didn't want to be saved. I didn't want to go to hell. But I didn't want to give up my sins. Is it not amazing how good sin can look to a teenager? Oh, yeah. Teenagers, don't be deceived. After you graduate from high school, you're not going to see any of those punks anymore. You won't even want to go back to the class reunion. And you're going to sing the country song when you see some of those girls thank God for unanswered prayer. Thank God I didn't marry her. And she's singing the same thing, honey, don't worry. Bald-headed, big gut, and, and overweight. said, good night. I thought he was cute at one time. They're desperate. All the peer pressure to throw Jesus out. I can't be living for God in school. That's not the cool thing. No, going to hell is the cool thing. Being cool gets you into more heat than you can imagine. But they trample underfoot the Son of God. And this hurts the heart of God. And they profane the blood of the covenant. And that word profane is they treated, uh, it was a word "koinas" that meant just common just, it's just common, sometimes it was used to be unholy uh, here profane the idea is of no significance, of no divine significance, the blood of Christ, which we found out the blood of Christ is shorthand for the cross work of Christ to pay for our sins, we're not talking about blood plasma we're talking about a violent death under the wrath of God in the place of the sinner That's a joke. That's barbaric. It's a pagan concept. Take the blood out of the course. We we have people come to our church that came from other churches. They ripped out all the blood songs in the hymn book. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but good works. Nothing but keeping the Sermon on the Mount. Nothing but being a nice boy, nice girl. Be nice as you want. You'll go to hell. Only the blood of Christ saves. Only the blood. That's what the book says. His blood has put away our sins. You reject that and you don't want that, there's no payment for your sins. That's the only way we go to heaven. We don't go to heaven because we keep the law. We are living perfect lives. None of you live in perfect lives. And it's so wonderful, a wonderful relief when you finally say that, even as a preacher, I am here by the grace of God. I ain't the most perfect thing here, but God loves me anyway, and the cross paid for my sins anyway. I'm trusting Christ. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's who I'm trusting. But he said, you treat it as trash. It's just no more of effect than the animal blood. That you've been killing for years. Ah. He's just a criminal that got killed. He's a child of fornication. He is not the son of God. I don't want it. I've heard your message. I've heard all the arguments. I don't want it. It's a deliberate choice. I'm not deceived. I've heard your presentation. I don't want him. Third thing they've done. Is they have turned away. And treated with contempt. The spirit the Holy Spirit that came to give you grace. He's the messenger of Jesus, as it were. Go tell them that I died for them. Go tell them that I'm going to have the Spirit apply the benefits from the Son's death for your sins. All you've got to do is yield to the Spirit's wooing, convicting, and you will receive eternal life. And what do they do? Instead of welcoming him, they spurn and treat him with contempt. Wait, don't waste your efforts on me. Don't be wooing me anymore. I hear David say after his great sin with Bathsheba, he said, take not your spirit from me. These people are saying, get away from me. Don't bother my conscience anymore. Serious sin, sin going on here. And it's wounding to the heart of God. A gift... A gift is a reflection of the giver. A gift is a reflection. Now the Father, look at him. Matthew 21. He tells the story of the tenants. That a landowner leased out his land to let these uh, home folks rent it out, grow their crops. He's leasing out the land to them. At the end of the year, it's time to collect the rent. Often it would be in produce or something like that. But the rent is due on the land. And he sends his servants, and the first group he sends, they beat them up and send them back. And they come back bleeding and beat up and tell the owner, hey, then they're going to pay the rent. They're not interested. And this is how they treated us. So he sends another dispatch of servants. They go back. And this time they kill some of them. Enough survive that they get destroyed the back to the owner. And the owner thing. They just don't understand. They don't understand the terms for the lease. I know what. I'll send them the heir. I'll send my son. They wouldn't dare mistreat him he's the heir to all this land and they beat him to death and stoned him inside the land and the word goes back to the owner and he takes his servants and he goes and kills those servants kills those people leasing the land it says in Matthew 21 the Pharisees knew he was talking about them and they plotted to kill him They knew the point of his illustration. Now imagine man saying to God, God, is Jesus the best you can do? Is that the best you can do? He's not appealing to me. (laughs) I don't see any beauty in him. You see, just the Bible, you'll never get saved with just the Bible. Read it all you want. Read it all you want. It won't save you. Unless the spirit of the living God does a work on your heart, you'll never see how wonderful Jesus is. You you talk to people all day, you'll say, well, well, I'm trusting Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. Well, how, how endearing. Has he ever become lovely? Have you ever seen the glory of God in him? He says, 2 Corinthians, when the veil's rent, we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus. He starts becoming wonderful. And you remember what he said to an old fisherman boy in Matthew 16? Simon Barjona, blessed art thou, for flesh and blood didn't show you who I am, but my Father in heaven. You know what's wrong with some of you? You've never seen him for his beauty. I doubt that you know him. If you knew him. You could adore him. A lot of folks in church hoping to get enough fire insurance to miss hell. What a lousy reason after all the years to know him, to serve him, and to give you life. You mean he's not become lovely to you yet? It's always risky to date a girl when I was a teenager. Couldn't afford too many of them. But I didn't want to look tacky buying gifts. So I always took my sister with me. I wanted to buy the right gift because I wanted to look good. When you're 16, well, how does a 16-year-old boy know how to buy a gift for a girl and look good? You know, buy her some Old Spice. (laughs) You know, need a little class. So I take my sis, now help me pick something so this chick thinks I know what I'm doing. Because I don't have any money anyway. And I think of mankind saying back to God. You know, God, if this is the best you can do, I don't want it. And this is exactly what unbelief says. I don't want. If this is the best you can come up with. And I imagine these Jewish audience listening. Come on, we've had Moses. We've had the law. We've had this, had, this. Is this the replacement? This is the replacement.
1: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855. 855- Eight three three ninety eight sixty four. 833 9864 Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 855- 833 9864, or write to us. Our address is 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard.